you guys. Welcome to another episode of the Mindful Times podcast. I am your host, Demi Davidson, and today we have another super exciting guest. His name is Sam Gagan, and he is a fitness and health enthusiast, as well as an LGBTQ advocate. And he is also the author of the addictionofchoice.com blog. So without further ado, let's get into it. Thank you so much for agreeing to do the podcast. Of course. Um, do you go by Samuel or Sam? Uh, Sam. Sam. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Okay, so we can actually just get right into it. I would love for you to just tell a little bit about yourself. Just go through your story of how you got sober. Yeah, um, I would love to. And thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Um, yeah, me too. So I'm 33. I live in Kansas City. Um, been a small town Kansas boy, you know, my whole life and grew up in a very religious town, very small town, um, was closeted gay man, um, Mm -hmm. for such a long time and learned really, you know, young to kind of suppress everything. Um, I always, you know, comment that I really had to be three people. I had to be the closeted gay man, this fake straight man, and then also the alcoholic is what I kind of developed into. Um, And yeah, so currently I work in sales here in Kansas City over three years sober and, you know, just focusing on myself and recovery every single day. That's awesome. Yeah. So when you were drinking, I guess if you don't mind me asking, like, when did you start drinking? And then when did you start to notice that maybe uh, you had a problem or just an unhealthy relationship with alcohol? Yeah, that's a good question. So I started drinking what I thought was at a normal age, um, age 15, 16. Uh, You know, the good old wine coolers. I think my first drunk, I had like three wine coolers, Mike's Hard Lemonades or something like that. Um, And you know, it just kind of progressed, you know, when you go through high school, you go through college. Um, really, I, I just, you know, thought that's what everyone did. You know, it's kind of yeah. the norm. You go, you go out on the weekends, you get drunk, you black out, you have the college life, you have the frat parties. So I kind of just embrace that. Um, <clears throat> there's a few separate instances where I'm like, maybe this isn't right. And by the time I was 22, I got two DUIs and two MIPs, so had to go through diversion, had to go through treatment, all of that stuff by the age of 22, and then kind of my biggest moment when I was like, oh my gosh, this isn't normal, was I was, it was a Sunday, I was around 21, 22 years old, Um, it was like the last semester of college, woke up on a Sunday in the morning and like waited for the liquor stores to open, went and got vodka and Mm -hmm. essentially drank it by myself and at home. And I'm like thinking, I'm like, what am I doing? Like school's going to be over soon. And it's like, this is my life. This isn't normal. So that was kind of the first moment where I was like, well, maybe this is more than just a college party. Mm -hmm. So did you decide to get sober then, or did it kind of take a while longer? Oh, it took a while longer. Um, so this was after. So after I graduated, I moved back home with my parents. 
um, and have went through all the processes of the court with the diversion, the treatment. At the time, you know, I got a job, which kept me more sober because, you know, I had to be at work at 730 in the morning. So I was usually pretty good during the week. And then the next moment really scared me was my mom uh, was going through cancer and had to get a double mastectomy. And during treatment, she was in the hospital and I got really hammered uh, with a friend and drove across town at like four in the morning and laid by her bedside. Mm. So that was just another moment where I'm like, this is just something I'm doing to really kind of deal with life is what it seems like. So when did you decide to call it quits for good? Um, so um, I'm sure you can relate to this. Us as alcoholics and people mm-hmm. that have a problem, I tried so many times. Oh, yeah. I, I, I tried <laughs> probably close to 10, maybe more. Oh, at least. I mean, those yeah. are the, like the ones you really try, you know? Yeah, exactly. Every, every weekend came along. You're like, oh, I'm going to I'm only drinking beer or I'm only I'm only going to have one or two or I'm only going out Friday, not right. Friday, Saturday and Sunday, you know, and then there's you know a how that works. Where we're super hungover and we're telling ourselves I'm never going to drink again. And Ever. then, you know, the next night comes around or next morning and we're drinking again. And you're also doing it to take off the edge. So you feel better. You just keep exactly. the train going. <laughs> yep. So I tried several times. There was one instance when I was 20, 26, 27, where I did quit drinking for six months. And I just loved the way I felt. Then I started, you know, this was recently after I kind of, you know, came out. I didn't come out until I was 25. So it was hard because everyone thought I was this one person. Well, some people knew, but like the Mm -hmm. family and everyone was like dealing with it, right? So, uh, but I was actually this other person. So I really leaned on alcohol. And then when I was 29, I officially got sober and have been ever since. And what was kind of your process of getting sober? Did you go through AA or anything like that? I actually did it very um, unconventionally. Um, I haven't been to an AA yet. I have been in the past. Um, so when I was going through treatment, when I was trying to get sober before I went to AA and it just wasn't my, my thing. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. It seemed like a huge commitment. And so I don't know, I, I, I really deal with it kind of on my own terms, but I I'm really goal oriented and driven. So it's kind of like a, a, a selfish side too. It's like, I've come this far. I'm not, I'm like refused to ever throw it away. Um, right, exactly. And I, you know what I mean? And I kind of cope differently, I guess, different coping mechanisms. So was there any books or anything? The only reason I ask is for me, I, I tried going to AA as well, especially in the beginning, because I felt, I kind of felt like, oh, if I'm an alcoholic, that's what I'm supposed to do, right? Is mm-hmm, go to mm-hmm. AA. So I went a few times when I was super desperate to quit. And same as you, it just, it didn't feel right for me. It didn't really, I mean, it was not my vibes at all. And so it was really hard for me to continue going. And then I ended up, um, one of the books that I read, I don't know if you've heard of it, is called This Naked Mind by Annie Grace. Okay. 
so that's one that that I ended up reading that totally like shifted my whole perspective about alcohol and like really helped me get sober. So I'm wondering if there's anything like that for you or if you just somehow are able to quit cold turkey and never look back. Yeah, it's great. Um, great insight. And, you know, yes, I think there's things that keep me sober for sure. It, I did quit cold turkey, but I also that's part of the reason I started a blog is mm-hmm. to give back. And I think that's one thing AA really brings to light is, you know, to stay sober, you help others. So right. I just take it took a different route to wanting to help others. And then also, I think just with like addiction and anything in life that you're going through, you need to recover from, I think is partially like therapy, right? Just getting it out and kind of dealing with your own stuff on your own terms. Yeah. Um, what I'm trying to do is, you know, help a lot of people, but also show people there's, there's other ways because just like yourself, I felt like, Oh, I'm an alcoholic. I have to go to AA and I don't want people to feel like they have to do something if it doesn't you know, necessarily work for them. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Another thing I wanted to ask you, so this podcast is called the Mindful Times Podcast, and mm-hmm. I'm just curious if you have any experience with mindfulness in your recovery. Do you do any type of mindfulness exercises or meditation or anything like that? Absolutely. So I have, I have, a really, you know, demanding job. I work a ton of hours. I get home and I work, I wake up and I work. It's like, I am just so passionate about it. And it's like, I really have that drive, but I'm like the other day I was like, so overwhelmed about had a freaking meltdown. Yeah. <laughs> so I, so I actually, I downloaded an audiobook. I took a bath, I disconnected from everything, put some essential oils in, just kind of like took deep breaths and sat there for an hour. And I'm like, Sam, you need to balance this out. You need to do more of the mindful things. You need to do more of the disconnection. You need to do more of the meditation. So I actually made a list the other day of like things that I'm like, you need to do this just so you, you know, recharge and reset your body every day. So a lot of things I like to do, I I love the meditation, especially Mm -hmm. first thing in the morning. Um, I try and do it I like to do the meditation in outside or in nature when it's like we're in Kansas, so it gets cold. But like in the spring and the summertime, I try and do it outside um, just to, yeah, just to be in the nature. Um, I love self, self-care, self you know, baths, massages, try to really focus on my, my breathing. Um, working out is another good therapy for me. It gets me in the right mind frame. So I try and do that first thing in the morning. And then I think disconnection is a huge thing. Um, we're all connected to our phones and computers and technology. So I need to make a mental note to always kind of disconnect from that and, you know, take myself back into the real world. Totally. I think it's important for us, especially as we're in recovery, because like you said, work and everything can get so crazy and hectic. And then we get done. And I don't know about you, but for me in the past, that's when I would drink the most is after a long day of work. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now it's like, learning new habits and patterns that are healthier for our body and our mind. And you have that natural drive to want to help people too. And I love, I saw you posted this like on your Instagram, like a week Mm -hmm. ago. And it really like spoke to me was, you know, just like a normal business, they have business hours. Yep. So, I mean, I, I work 
on the blog and, you know, I help people, but then at work, I'm, I'm a, a manager. So I have people, I have a great team that reports to me and it's like, you know, they understand too. I need my time to myself. So I think it's just a reminder that it's okay to put things on hold if you need a break to just breathe. That also goes into, you know, having boundaries, which is super important, especially in recovery as well. Mm -hmm. Just setting boundaries with people, making sure that you take time for yourself. Absolutely. Um, is there... Is there anything else that you found useful in your recovery, maybe as like a recommendation to somebody else? Like, do you mean like podcasts, books? Yeah, podcasts, books. Um, yeah, I really, really like that. I really love podcasts. And I just Me started, too. I, obviously, I just started doing them, girl, like a awesome. year for like a year. And I wish I discovered them sooner. It's funny. You have to kind of understand. I think if you understand how you work as an individual, you can really dissect which podcasts are better for you. Mm -hmm. So it's funny. Like there's ones that really like amp me up and as I like to say, jack me up yeah. and get me really motivated. But I'm, I'm like that as a person as it is. So I like to listen to the ones like I love Oprah's because it just kind of brings me down back to earth. Oh, I love that one too. <laughs> Oprah's really good. I love listening to like Gabby Bernstein. Um, oh, those... I love her too. She's amazing. <laughs> she's so good. And she's, you know, a recovering addict as well. And I think I'm just so naturally driven and balls to the wall, if you will. Yeah. So when I, when I listen to something like that, I'm like, okay, and now I'm all like, you know, namaste. <laughs> You're in sales, correct? Yes. Yes. So, um, I actually, I also work in real estate. Oh, cool. And so I've been in the sales world for a while and I can really relate to you because there's a ton of podcasts that I listen to that are more um, like business oriented and entrepreneurship mm -hmm. and all that stuff, which is amazing. But I think it's really good to balance it out with more mm -hmm. um, self-improvement, more right. stuff. I feel like Gabby Bernstein talks a lot about spirituality and um, I think you mentioned um, Jay Shetty before too. Do you listen to Jay Shetty? I don't. I do oh, not. You don't. No, okay. but I need to obviously if you recommend yeah, them. <laughs> he, no, he's really great. If you like Gabby Bernstein and um, Oprah, he's like right in the same alley. So yeah, definitely check him out. So it's funny, I want to, since we're talking about Gabby Bernstein, I was listening to her once and I absolutely loved it. I think it was actually on an Oprah podcast. Yeah, um, that's how I found her was when her, she was on Oprah. It was her super soul um, conversations. And one thing, you know, I've done, I'm sure you've done is you have that self doubt sometimes like, hey, am I, am I meant to do this? Is this yep. my right path? So I just launched my blog in July, so it hasn't even been a year yet, and it's addictionofchoice.com, and mm -hmm. I was like, I don't, I, should I do this? I'm working, you know, 50, 60 hours a week. I'm so overwhelmed right now, but I just feel like this is right, so I listened to that Gabby Bernstein podcast, and she was like, if you are confused about your path, just ask the universe and pay attention to signs, and it sounds yes. really silly, but I did that, and then within two days, I got seven signs 
that all really? pointed to yes, yes. One, oh, I got goosebumps. That's amazing. <laughs> it was so, I mean, it was so powerful and it's something that I asked for. And, you know, the sign, the, there was a really small sign all the way to a really large sign. And, you know, one of the small signs was just a little ad about addiction at the gym of all uh-huh. places to, you know, one of them was the death of a family member who had to go to rehab, had a, a, an addiction, a drinking problem. So, I mean, you just get those signs and I'm like, okay, this is clearly something I'm meant to be, you know, involved in. Yeah. So are you kind of, I just asked this out of my personal curiosity, cause I, I love Gabby Bernstein and I love the spirituality type of stuff that she talks about. Um, I'm curious if you had any like spiritual connection while you were drinking and if it changed when you got sober, because mm-hmm. for me, I, I felt like when I wasn't drinking, you know, in my earlier twenties, there was a period where I wasn't drinking because I was dating somebody that didn't drink. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was super spiritual. And then when I got into like my really heavy drinking, I feel like that all went away. Right. And then now getting sober again, I've kind of redefined spirituality. I know that they talk about your higher power and stuff in AA and for me at this point, I feel like I am more in line with Gabby Bernstein's point of view. Just, mm-hmm. you know, like air power is really whatever you want it to be. And she talks about it as the universe. And I feel like that kind of resonates more with me. Do you agree? Oh, I totally agree. And actually, how I would phrase it with my life was I started off and was raised religious mm-hmm. and then in the height of like my drinking phase, it was almost like this numbness, almost like this nothingness. And then now I would say it's evolved into spirituality. Like I'm not a religious person, but I am spiritual. I believe in things. I trust in the universe. I trust in things happening for a reason. I trust in those types of things. And it's such a spiritual connection versus like a the bad taste in my mouth comes from like the organized religion piece, which really was kind of forced upon me as a young kid and goes back to being, you know, in that type of religion, you couldn't be gay and be accepted or go to heaven, if you will. So kind of turned me off from that. And then it's just evolved into this different, I guess, type of outlook. Right. Right. Is there anything else that, um, you'd want any listeners to know? I know you talked about your blog a little bit and where we can mm-hmm. find that. Uh, yeah. Is there, is there anything else that you're working on or any other place, uh, that people can find you? So I have my blog addictionofchoice.com. I have my Instagram, which is my first and last name, um, Samuel Gagan. And then I have my Facebook page for, um, addiction of choice as well. Um, that's it really. Perfect. And I'll be sure to link all of that in the description so that people can find love you. That. And then is there any last things that you maybe want people to yeah. know about addiction and recovery in general? I would lo- like it's, I credit all of my success to being sober. Um, it's really like people look when they first get sober, what do they think? Oh, I can never drink again. That sucks. What you Mm -hmm. need to look at is all the things that it can give you. And sobriety is not the only way. I mean, I think sobriety is the only way if alcohol 
or drugs have control over you. But, you know, sobriety is a beautiful way. And Mm -hmm. I'm never going to try and force it on anyone, but it has truly empowered me to live the life that I'm meant to live. And I wouldn't be where I am without it. And I would be the alternative. Probably you felt like you, we both may be dead if we didn't discover, discover another way. And, you know, I'm really close to the, obviously the addiction piece, but also the LGBTQ community. And I see it as sometimes being an issue in that community. And it's just because you develop it as a coping mechanism to fight the desire to really want to be yourself. So I want to be a support for that group and anyone that really wants help and, you know, to get better and, and live the life, you know, they deserve to live. Beautifully said. I love it. (laughs) Well, good. I'm glad we could end on that note. So me too. All right. Thank you so much, Sam. And again, I'll be sure to, um, link all of the places to find you in the description. And it was so, so nice talking to you. It was so good. Let's do this again. I really enjoyed yes, it. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Have Demi. Good night. Okay, you bye. too. Bye.